0: This podcast is brought to you by MyScoreIQ. MyScoreIQ services are here to help you be prepared when it comes to making big financial decisions, such as buying or refinancing your home or purchasing that new car. Try it out for only $1 for a seven-day trial. You'll receive your FICO scores from all three major credit bureaus, along with active credit report monitoring and alerts for changes to your credit report and possible suspicious activity.
1: MyScoreIQ services can help you be in the best position possible when you take that step to apply for a home or auto loan, all for $1 for a seven-day trial. Visit MyScoreIQ.com forward slash Todd to learn more. That's MyScoreIQ.com forward slash Todd. Is website we'll start off that way and this is a stock that like listeners anybody who's been listening to us for a while we've talked about it a couple different times and um you know mostly because like if i pull up the chart and again we have these on youtube everybody um if you subscribe thank you so much uh we do appreciate you coming back every week i appreciate you smashing the like button so that the google overlords uh, will reward us with their algorithm and um know if you haven't subscribed your first time here welcome feel free to subscribe we always talk and stuff we love to talk stocks but you notice that in i've just brought the chart here in uh and i think joe we were talking about it originally back here january or december as it was making this huge big base and trying to come out of this base it kind of like it tried to and then it failed it rolled back towards the bottom and then it broke out again and it pulled back and a 200-day moving average done a nice job holding that 200-day moving average the whole way up we now have these two saucers coming up again, and then we just reported earnings, which we're going to talk about right now, which is threatening to bust it out to uh, all-time highs, up about 5% today, Joe. So I thought this would be a really good one for us to go through. I do own this one personally, so full disclosure for everybody, so that you know, I am ta- talking my book a little bit here, uh, but I've owned it for a long time. Um, I'm up about, uh, Joe, I'm up about 500%. Who is that all? <laughs> yeah, on Nvidia, just, you know the lesson there, Joe, is that it's never too late, right? I mean, oftentimes we'll find stocks and you know people talking about it and say, "Oh, I can't take it now; it's moved too much," you know. Um, has it? Has <laughs> it really? I mean, you know, there's no time like the present, you know. Um, so, anyways, we're on Nvidia's website here, Joe, and you can see that you know this pulls up here, and it just I thought it might be useful just to give people a background in case they're new to the Nvidia story. Uh, transformer Transformational power of accelerated computing from gaming to enterprise data centers. So really, and I think Joe, you talked about building a computer um, a few months ago when we were talking about NVIDIA, and you had said that the graphic card prices had just gone up substantially.
0: Yeah, yeah, we we mentioned that in our uh, in our chip shortage episode as well, uh, and so. When you're yeah, when you're going to build your your own computer, at least for for gaming, uh, generally the most expensive component, except for maybe the the monitor, if you consider that a component, is the graphics card, which essentially keeps your games running and makes them look as as pretty and as possible, and keeps them as high functioning as they possibly can be, and so. The graphics card alone is, it's not a it's not a card. It's not like a, a little computer chip or something. It's like this big thing and it's got fans attached to it and they can cost anywhere from $200 up to well over $1,000 but we'll generally run you three to $500 for a good one.
1: Yeah, and I mean, there was a lot of reports earlier and they were talking about that chip shortage episode. Um, just go back into our history folks and you can pick up that episode. That was a really cool episode. Um, but, you know, they were talking about how, you know, the demand was for because of Bitcoin mining for NVIDIA chips was so high that they actually had to spin off a different type of chips. So the people who stopped buying the chips used for graphics for the com- for computer con- computing consoles and everything. So, yeah, so they're making the GPUs that are used in, um, you know, high performance gaming computers and consoles. Um, and you can see that they've got a lot of you know, marketing materials to that. Then, of course, you know, they're also you know, this big data center business, you know, that's, um, I think it's called DPUs. Um, yeah, you get the GPUs and then the data center and edge and edge is a huge thing right now. And again, you know, being able to get information to users, regardless of where they are with, you know, as little latency as possible. And a lot of this information now, right, Joe is all video. I mean, look at us, right. We're doing a podcast, but we're also recording this and putting them up on YouTube. So there's a lot of video and everything in and, and all of that, obviously, um, is pretty taxing on um, on the system so i'm just going to go to the investors relations part here and you can see the stock is up today yeah yeah gpus yeah
0: right that's right a right gpu there. right there
1: and then, for those who
0: haven't seen one before
1: two fans right there
0: yeah two fans Keep it's it cool.
1: it's about
0: the size of like maybe one of those like big samsung galaxy note phones if you've ever seen those oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah. big or like i've got like they might be like the size of this notebook about
1: gotcha gotcha and one of the things here jumps out at me um may 21st you know they reported they're going to stock they're going to try and split their stock 4 for 1 so just as a reminder to everybody cuz this always comes up when people talk about stock splits it doesn't really change anything okay it just means No it doesn't a $600 stock if you do a 4 to 1 is now going to trade at 150 right? It does nothing to the market cap. The size of the company is the same. Um, There is the argument though, that by splitting a price of a high price stock, by splitting a stock of a high price, you know what I mean, that that (laughs) it reduces the cost and then maybe opens it up to more individual investors who otherwise couldn't afford to buy it. And that's generally
0: why they do it, right?
1: yeah yeah but again, are there um, any are there any other reasons
0: that that companies split their stock really
1: no i feel like it's marketing <laughs> yeah it's i mean because think about it you can do fractional share buys now on most most Uh, platforms to let you do that. Yeah, I I suppose it's possible if you only have like an account with a thousand bucks in it, right? You know, then maybe. Yeah, that I
0: do honestly, like I find myself in that position sometimes just because I don't have a lot of money to throw around. And so like, as I've, as I've said for the past several weeks now, my, my cash position is very low. And so I don't have a lot to throw around, but at the same time, I don't really like buying portions of shares I don't know it, there, there's just something about it that I don't I don't like I'd rather own a whole number rather than 0.5 or 1.25 and so for me when I look at a stock like Nvidia that's at 650 bucks I would have to I would have to free up a decent amount of cash in order to just buy one share and so uh, I have I have not purchased any as of yet.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, in that case, then it does, I can see where that would make sense. And maybe it does open it up to more in- investors. The other the other point that I was just going to make is that, you know, it's not like it changes your percent return, right? You know I mean? Right. Like 10% return on $600 stock doesn't matter. You know I mean? It's a yeah. 10% return is a 10% return. So Yeah. And
0: I also don't like having teeny tiny positions and stuff. Like I, I don't, I don't have, what, what is my smallest position here? It's my smallest position is probably still like, three percent
1: yeah okay so you and i are very different on that but again we're yeah. different we've talked about this on the show in past episodes you and i are at very different points you know i've got family kids house more obligations and i'm you know i'm not retiring soon but i mean i'm, I'm far closer. I'm Much. Yeah, closer yeah yeah it's, it's on the it's on the horizon for you whereas <laughs> right. my my
0: road is i'm really just at the beginning of my road so, yeah, so I'm, very I'm different more, positions
1: yeah. I'm much uh, less interested in in uh, running a concentrated portfolio than you you might be. But anyways, let's so let's dive in here, Joe. And so you know again, we're talking about um, gaming uh, demand, um, potentially cryptocurrency demand I'd be looking for in, information on the data center. you know again, how are we delivering businesses delivering information to their their end users, be it employees or consumers? So you see right at the top here, Record revenue of five point six billion, up eighty four percent year over year.
0: Now, impressive.
1: Yeah, and think about how big this company is. This company has a market cap of
0: several hundred billion. Right,
1: four hundred billion. Wow, Jim. this is a four hundred billion dollar company, with and and it just grew its revenue eighty four percent year over year. That's that's. That's not easy to do No, (laughs) when you get to a certain size. It's because a lot of big numbers, right? It's, it's much easier to double your sales when you're doing a hundred million in sales than it is when you're doing billions Um, record gaming revenue. So 2.76 or a little bit less than half comes from gaming and that more than doubled. That
0: totally makes sense to me.
1: Now I don't know the answer to this question. And I don't. Somebody can mention in the comments, uh, or Joe, maybe you know off the top of your head. But do, do you know? Does the Nvidia power the uh, PlayStation or the Xbox? Do we do we know, or is this all coming from from PC gamers? I think
0: that's all PCs. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, in the in the comments, if anybody happens to know. Um, I, that would be interesting. And then, of course, data center revenue, the lion's share of the remainder, you know, still a billion left over after this, but 2 billion in sales for for data center revenue, up 79% year over year. Um, so I don't think there's anything anything bad there. And then they, they do give you a quarter over quarter. They say that the the top line, so again, that 5.7 billion in revenue uh, grew 13% sequentially. So in the quarter, they did 13% more. And that's said, pretty good,
0: but that's not amazing that, that, in with having the perspective of those other
1: games. Yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, if you can post double-digit um, quarter-over-quarter growth... Oh, yeah. I, for a company this big, again, I I... That's, that's good. Okay. So gap earnings per share was $3 and three cents.
0: Also up 106%.
1: See, and you know, the thing that always jumps out to me and then, and then look at this, Joe. Wow. Up 31% from the prior quarter. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) So what we just talked about, right? 84% on the top line but that translated into 106% growth in the bottom line.
0: We like to see that, don't we?
1: And then sequentially 13% revenue growth that translated it to 31% or bottom line growth.
0: That's uh, really good.
1: So, and again, that shows you operating leverage, right? That's why, you know, in in the class, the how to talk stocks class that I I do, um, I often will mention, hey, keep track of what's happening with operating margin. Because if operating margin is growing, it's showing that they have leverage. So as their sales grow, the profitability grows, and they're able to, to leverage that. Um, and you're seeing that here, I think. Definitely. And then the non-GAAP numbers are, are similar. 103% year over year, 18% prior quarter. So the non-GAAP um, usually backs out one-time events, or what are considered to be one-time events, like you know shareholder compensation, that type of thing. Uh, Strong demand for products, driving revenue. No clue. (laughs) Uh, Data center business continues to expand. AI to process computer vision, conversational AI. That's interesting, natural language understanding. So a lot of these maybe more complex systems that are taking what we say to them in doing stuff with what we're saying to them. Uh, maybe are are using its systems, uh, gaming and design markets. Large everywhere of our laptops, computing platforms is accelerating. They talk about how they are now one year in on their acquisition of Mellanox, which improved their how deeply they dive into data center, and they're trying to acquire ARM. Arm Holdings, which is an architect, think of them as the architect for chip design. And that's a huge potential uh, coup. And many people don't, many people question whether or not that deal is actually going to pass muster with regulators. So I think there has been a headwind to Nvidia's stock because of that. If there were any potentially good news to come from it, then I think that that would help Nvidia shares Hit higher. So investors, listeners, probably want to just every once in a while Google ARM holdings NVIDIA and see whether or not there's any any movement on that, on that merger. Gaming, cloud computing, AI, robotics, self-driving cars, genomics, and computational biology. NVIDIA continues to do impactful work and invent a better future. I mean, those are those are about the buzzwordiest buzzwords you can get.
0: Yeah, they're all over the
1: map. And that's which is good.
0: That's a good thing.
1: Yeah, these are all multi-billion dollar market opportunities. Oh yeah. They do
0: pay a dividend. Very generous 16 cent dividend. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what's that? uh, (laughs) That works out to a 0.1% yield. Oh, they're so nice. (laughs) So you're 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 definitely and, and that's fine. This is a growth company, obviously. <laughs> yeah,
0: they won't be showing up on our best dividend stocks list. No,
1: the <laughs> best dividends report will not include NVIDIA. Um, yeah, that report that we put out it, for uh, members, free trial below, um, that includes stocks that score high in our research that have four dividend yields of greater than 1.5%. So they would need to substantially increase their dividend to make that cut. So, I mean, it just gives you, again, you know, the quarterly progression, the year-over-year growth, 84%, revenue of $5.7 billion. Gross margin was 64.1%. That's down from last year, a little bit? Down, yeah, down a percent from last year, up a percent from last quarter. Huh. I guess I'll call that kind of a wash, but something that we should keep track of. It could be that some of their
0: yeah, I mean, for those listening, it's we're talking about a difference of between 65 and 64%. So it's not like they're it's not yeah. like they're close to being unprofitable. <laughs> they're they're doing just fine. Yeah. But those that could be a a minor growing pain.
1: Right. And if you look at this is what we were talking about with that financial leverage operating expenses only grew 63%. Well, revenue grew 84%. So yeah. that, again, that's why your operating income, net income, and diluted earnings per share all more than doubled. And then they just do the, the non-GAAP numbers, which are, are pretty similar. And then their outlook for the second quarter, revenue is expected to be 6.3 billion. So if I flip back here to my NVIDIA chart that shows me, um, one year ago's quarter, so the quarter that they're projecting 6.3 billion in, they reported 3.9 billion last year.
0: In that okay, quarter.
1: so so they're going to go from 3.9 to
0: 6.3. I should have my calculator out right now. So it's not obviously
1: <laughs> it's not 100% because that would be 7.8,
0: exactly. So, so it's
1: but it's it's still gonna be healthy growth, but it's gonna be a deceleration. It's gonna be a deceleration from what yeah, we just
0: so found. that's uh six about 62 percent.
1: So 62 percent, which still Joe, going back to get into that chart where I can see those, uh that would still put it pretty high relative. I mean, if you look at the three quarters prior to this quarter, they just reported. Growth was 61%, 57%, and 50%. So still forecasting pretty strong growth there. That's so that's I'll I'll call that good. And the other thing is too, Joe, right? I mean, we want companies to underpromise and over-deliver. Right. That's a key piece of metric for our scoring system, is the number of beats over the last four quarters. We incorporate that into the score. So we we like management teams that understand. Okay, you have to sandbag a little bit, right? You have to you know keep some downward pressure on people's uh, optimism, and then report better than better than what they were expecting. And, and historically, you'll get rewarded for that um, in a higher share price.
0: They beat on this earnings report, right? I know we haven't haven't quite gotten there. We usually pull up another tab with Seeking Alpha, but
1: yeah, let's let's do that now. And yeah, why not? And just see how that matches up. Um, I'm guessing
0: they beat just because of the way the the price reacted today. Um, yeah, yes. beat
1: by 250 oh, yeah. million. Oh yeah, oh, that's pretty good um, versus the estimate. So there's 250 million more in revenue than then they were the street was expecting, and then their earnings. That's a, that's a big beat. That is a, a big gap beat. Gap by 40 cents. And gap by 51 cents, so so that's a yeah. And then you can actually see here too that they have the uh, revenues, especially 6.3 billion plus or minus two versus 5.5 the prior year. Gross margins 64.6 uh, to 66.5, and actually that's what we were just worrying about was the gross margins. So I guess we shouldn't worry, Jeff. No, because you know yeah they fell 100 basis points year over year last quarter to 64.1 but their guidance is actually saying yeah no we're going to do better it's going to run 64.6 to
0: 66.5 yeah the the yeah. the margin doesn't concern me what does kind of concern me as somebody who doesn't have a position but might want to open one is the the deceleration it's it's a silly thing to say but the deceleration in revenue growth like i feel like now is probably is probably their their peak growth for at least a little while because as as we just did the math, like they would have to they would have to smash next quarter out of the park for it to be anywhere near what it was this quarter.
1: Yeah. Right? The, the other thing, comment that's a great point too, and we talked about this when we started talking about semiconductor stocks last fall, and we actually talked it again when we started saying, hey, uh, maybe you know, tap the brakes a little bit on semiconductors now. And this was about a month ago, six weeks ago. There is a certain amount of seasonality associated to when orders come in and when they get filled. And typically the summer months are a weaker period for semiconductors uh, based on the book to bill ratio, which is, again, the ratio of, of the orders to how many are being fulfilled. So it could very well be. We'd have to look at that, Joe. It could be that this is going a seasonally weaker quarter, anyways. So, and then it would reaccelerate as you get into the fall again. Um, So yeah, I mean, this is this is this is a, I think a real. This is nothing here in this report that makes me not want to own the stock. That's for sure. Yeah, agreed. Broaden wave of laptops powered by NVIDIA's second generation RTX graphics and launch of the Geo Ge, Ge, GeForce RTX. It's a mouthful. Starting at $1,000. Yeah, these are not cheap. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they get a lot more expensive than that too, believe me. Really?
1: $800 for gamers oh, yeah. and creators? I, I, wonder if,
0: I wonder if those pl- those prices are inflated already because of the chip shortage i don't know how that works like when it's directly from the manufacturer because most of the stuff that you're that you're going to buy on the open market is going to be from amazon or best buy or walmart or something like that you're not going to get it directly from nvidia or directly from amd most of the time so i i wonder if I wonder if that's like <laughs> that that's their their price that they're setting and yeah we're we're going to we're going to still make money off of this despite the chip shortage or if that's like in a perfect in a in a perfect world where there wasn't this shortage we would be charging that much.
1: I imagine there's some amount of increase that gets passed on to the wholesaler and then the distributor yeah, yeah, people are people are surprisingly
0: stuff. willing to spend that kind of money too if they know they're getting a really yeah. good product. Like yeah. it's my my build last summer cost all in just about a thousand dollars with accessories and everything. Um, not including a monitor. But I mean you you can you can look up pre-built ones that are four thousand or more easily. Wow. So yeah, there's there's definitely there's definitely a lot of a lot of willingness to spend that much, especially with the with the continuing rise of esports.
1: Yeah, so here they're talking about the data processing units, those DPUs. Um, they're talking about the data center, uh, just strengthened data center and different things that they're rolling out new chips. Um, you know, apparently, they you know I, this makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, so if we're looking at AI stocks, and we're thinking that artificial intelligence is going to improve processes for a lot of different businesses. Uh, Clearly, that's going to require a lot of compute power, right? So, you know, it seems like Nvidia's got a really good opportunity there. Um, Yeah, and just looking through here, I don't know if there's anything else here that you see that would be. I don't know what happened. All right, and then here we go. Honestly. Yeah, and then if this is where the rest of the other billion in revenue that yeah. was missing comes in. Professional visualization, $372 million in first quarter sales, up 21%. Uh, so that's for real-time 3D design and collaboration. And it looks like they sell to industrial products companies, BMW, etc. cetera.
0: Yeah, so companies that are probably doing like 3D modeling for components. That would be my mm-hmm. guess
1: yep okay that makes sense and then an automotive which is you know one big reason a lot of people say okay geez think about the electrification of automobiles and how many more chips are in those automobiles and as we get autos are more and more sophisticated they're doing things like self-driving right Right. just think about how you're going to have to digest all of that information very quickly <laughs> no latency that's coming from the sensors and the cameras and stuff on the outside of the vehicle and you know make decisions in, in microseconds based on that information uh, so I think a lot of people have thought that that could be a very big future driver all right that's that's a future driver for the company no and pun intended yeah <laughs> right, right driver and um, you know if you look at the automotive sector it, that's obviously not doing much for them right now, down one percent year over year hundred and fifty four million in revenue. Um, Makes me wonder too whether or not some of the shutdowns and then, you know the difficulty in production of these autos is probably weighing on it a little bit.
0: Definitely wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, Doesn't
0: really matter though. It's a that's a sliver of their overall pie, if you will.
1: Yeah. So So, um, so I mean, what do you think, Joe? Overall, there uh, was there anything that uh, that I that jumps out at you, or the, what's your takeaway? Um, I was. I think I was. I was pretty blown
0: away by those first few lines. And then as we, as we got a little bit further down, I think the, the excitement wore off a little bit. Um, I do, I do almost feel like I, I may have, I may have missed the boat on this stock, which is fine. It's not, it's not like there's any shortage of good ideas out there. Uh, But yeah, I, I think I would, I think I would, I would really want to see like what their, what their Q2 looks like and kind of reassess from there. I'm I'm not sure, not sure how long they can, they can continue growing at this rate considering how big they are already.
1: Yeah. I, I think that um, I'm glad that I, I'm glad I own it. I'm not selling it. It's part of my forever portfolio. I think just looking at, the, excuse me, the chart we looked at before, I like it. Um, I think that if it trades down, I would be a buyer. I'd be looking for down three to a 5% day. Uh, Usually volatility will give us that on, you know, even on a big growth stock like this. And uh, so I would be approaching it and looking at it and saying, you know, okay, I get myself down three to 5% day, I'm gonna take some. So if you like the stock, I'd be looking for an entry. There's nothing in that earnings report that scares me off. Thank you.